Hello beloved and welcome to the evening message on the book of Revelation. What a privilege for us to be able to to study this amazing book. Uh, God willing we're going to finish off uh, with uh, chapter 6 in this uh, message because the yeah it's just amazing to to read and and we must remember that this is uh, revelation which means that God is revealing something to us that is hidden and is only being opened up by him so that we as his children can see what is going to happen in the future. It is amazing. It's a privilege that we have to to be able to read the book of Revelation and to understand that what we are reading is literature that is in the form, obviously, of apocalyptic literature, and it's also in the form of a vision uh, vision, and it tells us more about Jesus Christ, but it also tells us about the victory of Christ at the end of the day, and not only the victory of Christ at the end of the day, but it tells us about what's going to happen on this earth, things that surrounds the, the the end of the earth, the end of the age, the time when Jesus Christ returns, and that time just prior to his return called the the tribulation period or the great tribulation uh, period that um, we read about in the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke speaks to us. Uh, John speaks about uh, speaks to us about this time, this great tribulation time, this time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, it speaks about the day of the Lord that is prophesied in the Old Testament, and it comes into fruition here in the Book of Revelation. So it's a privilege for us to be able to read these words and to know that it is telling us the future. It is telling us what is coming. Now, it's interesting that many people want to know the future. So what they do is they go, in, in the African context, they go to Sangomas to find out what's wrong with them, if they have sicknesses or whatever, or they want to find out um, whether something will be prosperous for them or whatever. And sometimes they just want to know what's going to happen in the future in, in certain events. Uh, if I do um, these rituals or whatever, will I be prosperous? You know, all that kind of thing. And people go to, to seances, you know, so that they can hear from the spirits of the dead. And they, they go to people who can um, see the future or can speak to, to uh, the dead, uh, necromancy. Uh, these things are all the occult, and believers are not supposed to be involved in these things at all. But people want to know the future, and that's the way they get caught. Uh, I remember some years ago there was some pro- programs on uh, a program on on the television. Um, I think it was called Passing Over by John Edwards, uh, and um, I'm not hundred percent sure about the name though. But uh, and and it was he made contact with the people that were sitting in the audience. He was making contact with their loved ones, so called, you know, that passed away, and it became mainstream. You know, so it's one of those things that people want to know. They want to know about the future. They want to know how they, they, their loved ones are doing that passed on. They want to know what's in the future. They want to know um, certain things about the future. And here we have the book of Revelation. Obviously, you need to have the Spirit of God to be able to discern and, and interpret what it says. But here we have it as believers. We have the book of Revelation that we can read, study, and uh, at the end of the day, see what God has in store for the world as we get closer and closer to that day when Jesus returns, 
And that day when the great judgment of the Almighty God will be, um, I'm going to say, before the white throne and God will cast um, people into everlasting fire, you know, uh, the lake of fire. So these things are all in the book of Revelation. All we need to do is to be diligent to study it, to ask the Lord to give us insight into these things and to continue to read it. So before we continue then, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the book of Revelation. And thank you that we can ask you to please open it up for us so that we can understand what you are telling, trying to, not trying, but what you are telling us. And uh, we are trying to interpret it. We are trying to understand what you want us to to know. And Father, we pray, please, will you make it clear to us? Will you open up our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, and give us willing hands to to move and to do, willing feet to do what you want us to do? Father, please, may your revelation be uh, broken open to us so that we can see the truth and we can walk in accordance to the truth. Thank you for all of this in Jesus' precious name. Enable me as your servant to teach your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, beloved, we know that God's word is like food. Ne? So what we do is we eat that food, but it's spiritual food. And as we eat the food, we are nourished from the inside. It's spiritual nourishment that we take in. So I hope that this will be spiritual nourishment for you as you um, venture with me into the last part of chapter 6. Now, Revelation chapter 6 verse 14 uh, says the following. It says, Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Right, this is now verse 14. Remember verse 12 where that great earthquake came? Uh, earthquake came. And uh, it will be so strong that mountains will be flattened out and they will actually be turned upside down and islands will disappear. That's how the, the magnitude of this earthquake is going to be so intense. You see, a, a, an earthquake of this kind of magnitude will immediately put up a, a huge cloud as well, like a screen of smoke, uh, so that nothing could be visible in the heavens. I remember there was this earthquake, I can't remember where, and the wind blew the dust, you know, that massive dust cloud. Uh, was it over Europe, if I'm not mistaken? And there were areas where the sun actually, you couldn't see the sun anymore because of the denseness of this cloud. All right. So we need to understand if there's this earthquake, the chances are that the sun will not, will not be seen. And even at night when the when the moon shines it can have a reddish color because of the things that are in the atmosphere the dust and the particles that are in the air at that specific stage now we read in isaiah chapter 43 verse 4 uh, where we see a similar picture as the picture that we see here in revelation chapter 6 and this is what it says it says all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll and all their hosts will fall down and the leaf as the leaf falls from the vine and as a falling fig from the fig tree yeah this is so beautiful just these 
these images né, that we can see in, in the book of Revelation and in other uh, parts of Scripture as well, like this in Isaiah chapter 34. Now, what is, or whatever this is referring to, we can see it is of great magnitude. It's a massive thing. Now, beloved, be reminded that the book of Revelation is not written in, in a chronological order. That's not the way that the, the people in those days would read something. It would rather be read in a different way. It's not just chronological, but it could be circular. Now, things that, that happen at the same time, um, but it's written as if it is chronological. So it's placed one behind the other, but it's actually supposed to be stacked on top of each other. All right, so it, it's basically as if the book of Revelation is in that order. The things are stacked on top of one another, and it, it happens not all at the same time, but it's all happening you know, in, in the sense of being on top of one another. It can happen at the same time. It can happen just one after the other, or it can happen before another event because it's all stacked on top of each other. All right, it's not in chronological order, one thing after the other. The way that we used to it in the in the Western world, that's not the way um, the Hebrews would look at it. All right. Now, the things that happens in these verses happens during the tribulation period. We need to understand that, and we don't have to fear. I'm talking about believers here. Now, believers do not have to fear the things that they read about in these verses. Uh, we we don't have to fear it at all, because God will protect believers from His own wrath. God promised us that he would do it, all right? Um, and, and when God protects us from his wrath, he will do a very good job of it. He did it with Noah. God's wrath came upon the earth. He destroyed everything on this earth with this worldwide flood, but he protected Noah and his family, all right? The same thing with Lot. When God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, God protected Lot. Why? Because they belong to him. All right, they were righteous at that stage. Noah, righteous in his generation. Lot, his heart couldn't, couldn't handle the things that he had to endure every single day in Sodom and Gomorrah. All right, so God's people do not have to fear the tribulation period because God will protect us the way that he protected Noah and the way that he protected Lot. I'm talking about uh, protection from God's wrath now. Protection from God's judgment that will come upon something uh, upon this world and God's fury and God's wrath that is poured out on this earth. God will protect um, us from his wrath that is going to be poured out during the tribulation period. And especially the great tribulation, eh? the three and a half last years before Jesus returns. Now, what we should do is, as believers, we should look up and we should rejoice Right at, at the beginning of any of these things, if we see it, if we hear about it, if we read about it, because our redemption is drawing closer and closer all the time. And we read about it in the book of Luke, né? Luke chapter 21, verse 28. All right, so let's go to Revelation 6, verse 15. And it says, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, uh, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. Beloved, this is, it sounds like this is a time that not even your gold and your silver will be able to, to, to save you from the wrath of God. 
people that think that they can just take out money and they can buy themselves um, these protective places, you know, these these um, hideouts that they dig under the earth né? for the for the time of the end when the apocalypse are coming and people are are hiding themselves in these man-made structures under the earth under the hip of you know under the mountains whatever or just under the ground where they build these things for themselves amazing that they will how can i say that these people will hide themselves and it will not help them at all you see hiding in caves and in rocks will be of no use because these these openings in the in, in the mountains and in the rocks and whatever will actually be closed up by this earthquake obviously men will seek death they would want to die because they are so afraid of the wrath of god but they but death will not come to them. Revelation 9.6 tells us that. Now, just notice who will be affected. Those who will be affected is called the kings of the earth, which means the leaders of the earth. Now, those who are like uh, King Charles that was just uh, inaugurated. Th- those, those kings of the earth, those are in authority of the earth. But also the great men, the rich men, the commanders, which means it includes the military now. Then the mighty men, the mighty men, um, David's mighty men, men similar to those, very courageous men that are, how can I say, not afraid to, to go to war, go to battle. All right? But he says also every slave and every free man, which means everybody on the face of this planet that is not saved will be subjected to what is going to happen on this earth. They will... Um, try to hide themselves in the caves and in the rocks, um, and it's not going to help them. Not, it's not going to help at all. Because Revelation 6 verse 16 says, And uh, they said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. It seems as if the people of the earth realizes that these supernatural events that was taking place at that specific stage, that it was coming from the hand of God. These were not natural things. These were, these were, these were not things that they kind of um, orchestrated. We know that governments can manipulate the, the weather and they can do all kinds of weird stuff with technology that they've got available today. Uh, instead of using it for the right thing, you know, so use, use it to uh, give power to countries and, and so on. And they, they just misuse it, abuse it for their own purposes. But anyway, but it seems as if the people of the earth will realize that these things, these supernatural events that are taking place, that it's coming from the hand of God. And the people will say to the mountains, now where they are taking cover, because they think that's where they're going to be able to hide away from God. They think they can hide away from Christ. Remember, Jesus is no longer the Lamb. Eh? Even though it says in the text, it says, uh, where they say, Fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. And the Lamb is Jesus Christ. They know that Jesus Christ's wrath is going to come down upon this earth. All right, so it's as if there's a realization by the people that this is actually happening now. 
Right, so they will say that the mountains must fall on them. All right. It says, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. You. It's as if they will realize who Jesus actually is. He's not the little Jesus, meek and mild. I don't. I can't remember how it goes. This this thing, but uh, this is not Jesus, little meek and mild. This is not um, lovely little Jesus. You know, that's not the Jesus now. It's too late. They've rejected him. He is now the judge. He is the Almighty. Who is going to judge this world in righteousness? It is the wrath of the Lamb that's going to come upon the face of this earth for everyone who did not believe on Him. He is going to pour out His wrath upon them. You know, so they're going to realize who Jesus is, but it's too late. They already rejected Him. And uh, when it's too late, they realize they the terrible mistake that they've made because they rejected Christ. And then especially the fact that he was the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, and they've rejected him. So there's no way for them to be able to be saved anymore. So they want to die because they don't want to face Jesus. They don't want to hear that they are going to face eternity in hell. All right, and then they will realize as well, obviously, that Jesus is actually the one that's on the throne. So what a terrible awakening by, by people who have been blinded by the God of this world. It is so sad. And not only have they been blinded because we read in Scripture that God is going to give them over to a debauched mind, not to a deluded mind, to a depraved mind. So the people are actually enabled to, to please God in their thinking. They can't because God has given them over to, to all these sinful things that they were doing. So what John sees here, in, in a sense, we can say, yeah, 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 it's a vision. But in fact, it sounds more like a nightmare. This is terrible. Very, very bad. You see, uh, and remember, it's important that the things that we see is not necessarily in in like a a consecutive order. That's not how it, it, it plays off. Now let's get to verse 17. It says, For the great day of his wrath has come, And who is able to stand? Now, this is the wrath of the Lamb. Now, the question that is asked, who is able to stand? And the answer is very, very easy. No one. No one is able to stand before Him. Those who are in Christ, obviously, they are not going to be there. They're not going to be in the sense of standing before Christ, kind of... um, uh, trying to, to fight the, the wrath of, of God. No, that's not what's going to happen. Beloved, we, we need to make sure that we are truly in Christ. That's extremely important for us to do. We need to be in Christ. It's only those who are in Christ who are safe. Saved, obviously, for eternal life no, by Christ, but also safe from the wrath of God. Only those who are in Christ. 
How do we get in Christ? Through repentance and faith in Christ Jesus alone, which means I need to be reborn. I need to have the rebirth. I need to be regenerated by the Spirit of God through faith in Jesus Christ, which He gives as a gift. All right, and, and Jesus Christ must be the Lord of our lives. How do I get in Christ? I repent of my sin, acknowledge that I'm a sinner lost without Christ, and then I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the only one who can save me. All right, so there's a sure repentance, and then I believe that He's the one who will get me into heaven, and I believe that He completed everything necessary for me to have eternal life. And then I submit to Him. You know, that's the sanctification part, where my life is changed constantly into the image and likeness of Christ. Now, beloved, as a result of these first six seal judgments, basically, Many unbelievers will want to die, and they would want to hide themselves from God, but they will be unable to do so. But they want to, but they can't. And that day uh, is described in Joel as the great day of his wrath, is the day of the Lord, not the predicted time of God's judgment of the earth and its inhabitants. And that's clearly, you can see it in Joel chapter 1 verse 15, Joel chapter 2 verse 1 and verse 11 and verse 31 where it speaks about the day of the Lord, the great day of God's wrath or the great day of God's judgment. These are all the same thing. And in the tribulation period, the great tribulation is when the wrath of Christ, the Lamb, which is also the wrath of God, there's no difference between it, but that's when it will be poured out on this earth and whoa, who will be able to stand? No one. No one, no one. Right, so the day of of wrath can be contrasted with the day of grace. The day of grace where God pours out His grace on a people and those people get saved because they repent of their sin and they place their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. The day of wrath is a day of judgment on those who rejected Christ, rejected salvation, rejected God, rejected everything about Him. So it's a, it's a day of judgment. The day of the Lord uh, is, is like um, a day that, that is going to be said, oh, it finally arrived when the tribulation period comes. Because when it finally arrives, everybody will know, oh, this is the wrath of God that is being poured out on this earth. Okay? Now the great day spoken of in verse 17 that we read about here. Uh, let me just read verse 17 again. It says, For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Now, th- this great day in verse 7 basically begins three and a half years of the th- worst things that anyone could ever imagine because it introduces the day of the Lord, the day of God's judgment, the day of God's wrath. It's kind of the the last, final judgment. It's doom, gloom for the unbeliever. So when, when you look at that day, it's it's not just one day. It could be one day, but it seems more like a period of time that is broken up into sessions or into parts where the wrath of God comes down upon this earth on those who do not believe and 
on, on those who rejected Christ and on every single thing, this cursed world, his wrath just starts coming down upon it and, and he just destroys. All right, so, yo, because the day of the Lord is basically God's last or final judgment. All right. Beloved, remember that the book of Revelation is written to the church. So, we read these things and we think, oh, why would God write these things to the church? Is it to kind of show us a horror movie so that we can all become afraid and, and try to hide ourselves? No, that's not the purpose. The purpose is for us in figurative language, in, in vision, uh, to see what's going to happen in the future. And we need to understand that those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are exempt from these things. All right? We, we are not going to come under God's wrath. We are protected by God and will be protected by God. Uh, by, uh, like Noah and, and like Lot. We will be protected. Okay. That's very important. But the book of Revelation is written to the church. Well, seven different churches, by the way. But uh, it's written to the church. And it actually encourages us to look forward to heaven. Because we're going to heaven while the rest of the world is going to go uh, to hell, to the lake of fire. And they're going to go through God's wrath. They're going to experience God's wrath. We're going to be like the Israelites, you know, when they were in Egypt. And those plagues came upon Egypt. And God's wrath came down upon the Egyptians. And all these things happened. And Israel, the Jewish nation, these things didn't touch them. Because God protected them from these plagues and from, yeah, from the plagues that, that came upon the Egyptians. And the same way, God is going to protect us, beloved. And we can rest in Him and we can rejoice in Him. And we can look forward to heaven, ultimately. But, you know, it also tells us that uh, of the terrible things that, is, that, that are coming upon this earth... When the wrath of God descends on this earth, when, when God is going to pour out His wrath upon non-believers. And what it should do is it should lead true believers, true Christians, to basically witness to their friends and their family and to, to everybody else around them, people that they do not even know, to witness to them. Because those who do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ will come under God's wrath. And we need to warn because it's coming. And beloved, knowing what is coming, we should warn as many people as we can, as many as possible, so that as many people as possible will go to heaven and be with the Lord forever and ever. Okay, so what a passage of Scripture. What a, a how can I say, a chapter in the book of Revelation, for us to read, for us to, to see what is coming, but also, at the same time, an encouragement for us as believers to know that God's hand will be upon us. He is upon His hand is upon us, and He will keep His hand upon us, and He will guide us and direct us and lead us and protect us, because He is God, He is in control, and no one else. Okay, so th that's basically... Um, the last part of chapter 6, God willing, in the next message we'll start looking at chapter 7. But for now, this is where we are. May the Lord just use His Word 
that he sends out to accomplish that which he sends it out to accomplish, and that it will not return void. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the book of Revelation, and thank you for the revelation that we've just received again of what is happening or going to happen on this earth, what will happen as well as um, the Lord Jesus Christ returns and the wrath of God is poured out. Thank you that we can hide ourselves in you uh, because we are safe with you. Thank you that we can share that which is important with others so that others may also come to the knowledge of the truth, be set free, and at the end of the day, um, live for you, eyes focused on you, uh, to your glory and to your honor alone. Thank you, Father, for this privilege again. May your name be glorified in and through our lives in Jesus' name. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.